We've been on a series for some uh, weeks now that we're calling the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. And our texts are here in Matthew, if you'll turn there. Matthew, the uh, 16th chapter. We may get into a couple of things that you haven't heard much about. So uh, don't snooze or you'll lose. So <laughs> pay, pay attention. And uh, you do understand you shouldn't just accept without question something I say or some, any, any preacher says. Is that right? What should you do? I'm reminded of the, the old Wendy's commercial, you know. Y'all remember that? The older lady that drove through the wrong place and it had a small burger. She said, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Anybody never heard that? You never heard that before. Look at that. You never heard it before? Oh, you have heard it before. <laughs> and so what are you supposed to ask? Where's the word? Where's the scripture? You should ask that all the time. I don't care how much you like. Your preachers or your teachers or, or who they are, always ask, where's the scripture? The scripture? <laughs> right? Where's the scripture? <laughs> In uh, Matthew 16, Matthew 16, verse, uh, we'll just begin at verse 19. Jesus said, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven so the Lord said I'm giving to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven if you skip over to the 18th chapter he repeated it. He said it again, 18 and 18. He said, Verily I say to you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Did you notice that uh, more than once heaven is mentioned in this passage? Heaven. Earth and heaven. Earth and heaven. First of all, he talked about, uh, I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then whatever you bind on earth will be bound above and in heaven. And so there is a heaven-earth, earth-heaven connection. A heaven-earth connection that I think we, we haven't known much about. And we need to know. So everybody said out loud, Father, Father open our eyes. Open our eyes. Teach us. Teach us. Reveal, to us. Reveal to us. Help us to understand. Help us understand. 
the heaven and earth connection. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now, one thing that we need to understand, go with me over to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2, 12, 2, the Spirit of God is speaking through Paul, and, and he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Now there's a lot of revelation right here. It's possible to be out of your body and not know that you are. Because you feel just like you did when you were in the body. So you're not a body. The body is the physical house you live in right now on the earth. And uh, this body, go ahead and touch your hand or something. This, this body has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. This one. Somebody says, no, I'm going to be glad when I get rid of this old thing and get my new body. Mm, it's going to be this body glorified. This one. This body is a permanent part of the body of Christ. This body right here. Now it's going to have to be changed. Thank God. <laughs> How many like some changes on your, on your body? Every, everybody wants some changes. And right you should because this body has been affected by the curse and by sin and death and it's become corruptible and mortal and that presents all kind of issues and there really is no such thing as a perfect body what I mean by that is it's been affected by the curse and uh, if you examined if somebody said well you know that's a the baby was born and the baby is perfect. They're saying the, body, the baby's body is perfect. Praise God, but not really. If you examine the body uh, really closely, you'll find this eye is a little bit bigger than the other eye. And, and this is a little bit this and that. And, and you may not be able to see it or know it, but the best you can reach for in this life is pain-free, good operating condition. <laughs> what? <laughs> Somebody said, well, I don't know if I accept that or not. Then you hadn't lived very long. <laughs> because you'll find out the Bible said all flesh is grass and like the flower of the field. What does that mean? You're born, you bloom, you reach your peak, and then you're past peak. <laughs> and then though, though the uh, outward man is decaying, the inward man is renewed day by day. You may say, Brother Keith, that's depressing. I, I didn't set this up. I didn't do this. But the good news is that we believers can enjoy the first fruits 
of our inheritance. Our full inheritance is the glorification of this body. And when the body is glorified, it'll be exactly like Jesus' body is right now. It won't be subject to any aging or defect or corruption or death or decay. No longer. Hallelujah. There's coming a time when you'll be changed. Your body will be changed and you will never age again. Never. You'll never age again. And you'll never have anything wrong with you again. You'll never feel weak. You'll never have any pain. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. No more dying. Have you read that in the book of Revelation? No more. Why? Because there will be no more curse. We live in a curse filled place right now. And it's affected our body. And thank God. The Lord has already taken care of all that. And if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. And how did we get into all that? Well, because you're not a body. And it's possible to even be out of the body and not realize that you were. And uh, the Lord tarries his coming just a little bit longer. You know, a thousand years is like a day to him. Well, that's way too long for us, right, to live down here on the earth. So um, if you live another 30 years, 50 years, 70 years, whatever it is, that's going to come and go really quick. And then you're going to, your body's going to die. You're not going to die. Your body's going to die. And when your body dies, you will come out of it just like a hand comes out of a glove. And you'll still be you. You'll still feel like you. In fact, it may be a little while before you realize you're out of the body. Isn't that what he said? I couldn't tell. Didn't he say I couldn't tell? And you may be looking around going, whoa, what's going on? And then you're going, man, I feel good. I, wow. You know that thing that was bothering me, it ain't bothering me anymore. And then you look over and it's your body. You go, oh. Man, I didn't know I was that old. Look at that. <laughs> I had gotten that old. <laughs> but it's possible to be out of the body and not even realize that you are out of the body. And uh, he said, verse 3, I knew such a man. He, he repeats the phrase, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows how that he was... Uh, Caught up to paradise. Now I didn't finish the, the second verse. Let's go back and look at that. He said a new man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell. Out of the body I cannot tell. God knows. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Everybody say the third, the third. heaven. He went on to say verse 4. How he was caught up into paradise. Now paradise is a word that would we might translate a park mm-hmm. or like Eden. Eden. So there is a, a place like Eden, paradise, and it's in the third heaven. 
If there's a third heaven, what else must there be? Second heaven and a first heaven. And that's one of the things that you need to know. We need to keep in mind when we're talking about heaven. You've got to look at the context to see which one he's talking about. Because uh, oftentimes you'll see a, a, a S on the end of it too. Heavens. The Lord has been raised far above all the heavens. <laughs> That's first, second, and third. Right? And um, heavenlies, heavens, so there are three. And so there are four places where beings exist that we know from the scripture. It's the third heaven, second heaven, first heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. Under the earth, there are beings. And that's where hell is. And the scripture tells all this. And people, you know, sometimes they, they treat this like it's a fairy tale or something. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. I said it's real. Yeah. And um, the three heavens, and there are some different words if you want to look them up. And if you're going to study this, you better bring your lunch. <laughs> Because there are hundreds of verses that talk about this. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So, uh, and they're not all the same words. But basically a heaven is that which is above. That which is above the earth. The first heaven we'd call our atmosphere. The sky. It's where lightning and thunder is. And those things. The first heaven. The second heaven is above that. And it's where the stars are. Hallelujah. But there's another one. <laughs> I said there's another one. A third heaven. Which is above. What we call space. Now. Um, how far is that? We don't know. We can't see to the edge of space. You know, we, we're barely looking out past our backyard these days with our instruments. And every time we look at something, I, I thought it was humorous uh, some years ago. We got a new uh, telescope and a new device to look with out in space. And, and so they said, well, they're going to turn it toward an empty part of space. <laughs> and they opened up the lens. Oh, man. They saw stars and they saw systems they never knew. Well, what if you go to the end of that and look? God is some kind of big. I said, he is some kind of big. And the heaven of heavens, the third heaven, is where the throne is. It's where, where God is. It's where paradise is. And, and angels, the home of angels. and um, It's where Jesus is now seated at the right hand of majesty on high. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. And uh, with that in mind, go with me back to Ephesians. Well, I tell you, before you do that, go back to Matthew. 
Go back to Matthew. And then we'll go to Ephesians. Our passage in Matthew. Or our text. He said. Whatever you bind on earth. Will be what? Bound in heaven. Whatever you loose. On earth. Will be. Uh, loosed. Well. Which one? Which one? Well, Ephesians, in fact, I could have just quoted it to you, I guess, but going over to Ephesians, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Which, which one? Because we know there are three. Right? What's going on in the heavens? Heaven one, heaven two, and heaven three. How how many would agree there's got to be three heavens? You just read scripture, right? He was caught up to what? The third. So there's got to be a second. There's got to be a first. And if you look up the words, one of the words means celestial Above the sky where the stars are. That's one of them. And then we know there are numerous scriptures that refer to the atmosphere as heaven. Well, in Ephesians, the first chapter, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Ephesians 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's worthy of meditation. Skip down to the 10th verse. If you want to get more of this, read carefully this book of Ephesians. Just six chapters here. Read it carefully and looking for heaven. And you'll get some good things. But... uh, In verse 10, he said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In the third chapter, he said, I bow my knee before, you know, our Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family is named, the whole family in heaven and on earth. Part of the family is in heaven. You know, all the church family from the 1500s is in heaven. Right? All of them. (laughs) And uh, a bunch of them from the 20th and 21st centuries, right? I mean, they're, they're there. And people leaving every day, leaving earth, going to heaven. It's something to look forward to. Not be afraid of. It's something to look forward to. Now if you're not saved. You should be terrified of dying. I said if you're not saved. You should be terrified. Of dying. Because there's nothing in this life. As terrifying. As dying without Christ. And going to hell. You know it's something that. So many people. No matter how people lived, how they believed, when they die, 
They talk about them. They went to a better place. Not everybody goes to a better place. No. Were they saved? Were they born again? Did they believe in Jesus? Well, no. Well, then they didn't go to a better place. People don't like that. But the Bible's either true or it's not. Jesus said, he said, if you don't believe that I am he, you know, he's the one, he's the, our, our text started out with him saying, who do men say I am? Right? And finally, Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. In other words, you're the redeemer. You're the savior of mankind. You're the son of God. And Jesus said in, in John 3, 36, I believe it is, he said, how many know John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son that what? That everybody will be saved whether they believe or not. People act like that. They talk like that. You know, somebody maybe, you know, blasphemed God, cussed people out that tried to talk to them about Jesus. And then when they die, they say, oh, I'll be glad when I can see See them later on. No, you're not going to see them. You're not going to see them. If they weren't saved, and you are. Whoever believes in him will not perish. Who? Do you have to believe in him or not? Is it optional? Go to the 36th verse, please. 36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. Is that you? Yes. I said, is that you? Yes. You happy about it? Yes. You ought to be. You're on your way to heaven. He that believes not in the Son, they'll be okay too. No, they won't. They won't see life. And the wrath of God abides on them. They're not saved. They're not okay. They won't be okay. Which is why it is imperative we proclaim this message. Is that right? Everywhere to everybody we can. We put it on every available voice. What do you think? We get on TV. We print books. We get on the internet. Is that right? We hold meetings and we tell everybody. If they, if they ignore it and deny it, we just keep telling it in the hopes that they'll wake up and come back and listen. And like the woman we talked about, what was it, 90 years old or something? And had, hadn't received Jesus her whole life. But she came in with the, uh, what, what's that group called? The senior van team. Senior van team went and got her. Picked her up. Brought her to church. Reckon she's going to hug her some senior van team. When they get to heaven. Oh, brother. Probably bake them a pie every day or something. I mean, is that right? And a couple of weeks later, she dies. Now that's cutting it close. But thank God. I said thank God. She made it in. (laughs) Where are you now? Go back to Ephesians. We're talking about part of the family is in heaven. And part of the family is on earth. And when you die down here, if if you're part of the family... You go to be with the Lord. You go up. If you're not part of the family, you don't go up. You go down. Because there are beings that live under the earth. 
And uh, it's no coincidence that we found out the core of the earth is molten hot. Every natural thing is connected to a spiritual reality. And so there are beings under the earth. There are beings on the earth. And then there are three heavens. Now in uh, Ephesians 1 and 20. It's talking about the, the power that God wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, where? In the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Now, friend, the thing we need to get about this verse, this verse is all-inclusive time through eternity. What are you saying? Jesus has been raised to a preeminent place and given a preeminent name of authority and power far above all the heavens and far above, everybody say far above, far above, not barely above, far above all principality, power, that's authority and might and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. There will never be a name like Jesus, another name like that. There will never be, never be, throughout eternity, another place above that preeminence. Oh, hallelujah. How many are a believer in Jesus? A believer in Jesus? And you received his name? And you want his name on you. Is that right? You picked the winning side. (laughs) You. You are going to be so glad. So glad. Because most of it hadn't unfolded yet. As to to seeing. How this is going to happen. And what's going to happen to the kingdom's. Uh, and the principalities and powers and what's going to happen in the world to come. But one thing you can be absolutely sure of, there will never be another name any higher in power and authority than the name by which you are saved, the name by which you are called. Hallelujah. Give great honor to the name. Give great respect to the name. Everybody say, church, say, we honor the name of Jesus. We glorify the name of the Lord, King Jesus, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Does that stir you up? Praise God. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet. Where are the feet? Where are the feet? Gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So all this 
authority and dominion and preeminence in his name applies to us because we are his body. We're part with him. And if he has it, we have it. We are joint heirs with Christ. Come on, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. If God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, if he's your father, and Jesus, who has the name above every name, is your brother, what does that make you? What does that make you? Royalty. It makes you kingdom royalty. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. And the scripture we studied last week said he's made us kings and priests unto our God and we shall reign with him. Hallelujah. Because the authority he has belongs to us. I said it belongs to us. I mentioned to you the experience that uh, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, had. And uh, I'm going to bring some more of that out today. He said that the Lord appeared to him and talked to him about the operations of the enemy and talked to him about authority. And one of the things that he said, I'm going to read this to you. He said that Jesus, the head of the church, told him this directly. He said, you don't have to have discerning of spirits. You don't have to be a minister or an apostle or anything like that to exercise authority over the devil. He said, Jesus, the head of the church, told him this. He said, every believer has the right and the authority to use the name of Jesus. The whole body of Christ has it. Amen. I agree. Yes. Woo. You believe it or not? Yes. If he has it, I has it. Yes. Too. Yes. Right? We, we have it. And he went on to say this. Behind the authority possessed by the believer is a power greater than the power behind our enemies. The power on earth invested in the name of Jesus, obtained by him through his overcoming the enemy, belongs to the church. Oh, somebody said it belongs to the church. It belongs. See, we just got through reading about it. A name that is above every name, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. I mean, what church believer wouldn't shout and say, yes, that's right. Jesus has it. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. But if he has it, I said, if he has it. Now, this, is a, this doesn't happen all the time. This uh, appearance that the Lord gave Brother Hagin. This is a special thing. And why would he do this? He wants us to know. We have authority. It's in the scripture, but people have been reading over it. They've been ignoring it. And people have tried to make it say things it didn't say. He said that authority 
belongs to the church. He said the Lord told him, therefore, exercise that authority, for it belongs to you on the earth, and in this life you should reign by Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Say that loud, I have authority. We read there in Ephesians 1, a couple of Sundays back, about our inheritance. And we just got through talking about we're joint heirs with Christ. That, that means you inherited something. You inherited something with Jesus. You're a joint inheritor with Christ. And that passage in Ephesians 1 goes on to describe the Holy Spirit as a big part of your inheritance. He is part of what we've inherited. But then he also goes into talking about this authority, this name, this dominion. We've inherited the authority, that's the name, and the power. That's the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say it out loud. Authority and power. The Greek words are different. It's dunamis. Is, is power. We get our word dynamite, dynamo from that. Power. And then the other is exousia. That means delegated influence, a right to use it, a right to do it. Hallelujah. It's, it's authority. Delegated authority. We have an inheritance. Oh, it's a big inheritance. What did we inherit jointly with Jesus? We inherited his spirit, whom we have every day and night. We inherited his name that's above us. Somebody say above every name, above, above every name. The name that's above every name. Philippians talks about it. At that name, every knee must bow of things on earth, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. See, he goes into that there. So this authority, and what we have to back up a little bit is, uh, why was it needed? God created man, and he gave man dominion over the earth. The psalmist said, the heaven, even the heavens, is the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of men. And that's why it's in such a mess. Because God's not running this. God's not running the earth right now. I said God's not running the earth right now. If you think he is, you better get in the Bible. You better check it out. Don't you think he could do a better job? Than the shape it's in right now? Don't, don't you think the Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth, the universe, could do a better job? Yeah, yeah. It's obvious. He's not running this right now. He gave it to men. And men, Adam and Eve, bowed their knee to the devil. And he said, the devil said, that all authority in the earth, these kingdoms, had been given to him. And he gave it to whomever he'd, he wanted to. The devil said that. In Luke 4 it talks about it. Matthew 4. 
So he's, and the devil is called, 2 Corinthians, he's called the God of this world. He's called the prince or the ruler of darkness. And he's also called, look here in the second chapter of Ephesians, if you're still right here. The scripture says in chapter 2, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the what? Prince of the power or authority of the air. That's the first heaven. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Then it goes on to say in verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Well, the places is added by the translators, the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. With that in mind, go to the sixth chapter. All of this flows together. And we're really, if you remember, a few months back, we were talking about the armor of God. Right? All of this flows together. Well, notice the connection today. Verse 10, Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Can I be strong in his might? Can I exercise his authority? Oh, come on. Can you see this? If you don't believe you have his authority, then how could you believe you have his might either? You say, well, I'm so weak. I can't do anything. And some people believe that. But you can be strong in his power, in his dunamis, in his might. You have his spirit, the greater one. And you have his authority too. You, you exercise his authority in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the trickery, yes. the deception of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, Rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Really, a better translation is heavenlies. So we know then there is, and, and wicked can be translated evil. There are evil spirits in heavenly places. Now that don't sound right to us, but you got to remember there are Three. Come on, y'all with me? Three heavens. So, which one are you talking about? And obviously, something needs to be bound in heaven. Remember our text? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. But you got to ask yourself, which one? We know. The devil is called the prince of the power of the air. That refer to the, the first heaven here, the atmosphere. And I don't I won't try to tell you I, 
I know all that much about this. I, I believe the scripture I read. But um, there's more going on than we've been aware of. And we do have some behind the scenes look in places like Daniel. You remember Daniel? Well, just turn over there. Go to Daniel, I believe it's the 10th chapter or so. Hold your place in Ephesians or, or you can find it again. Daniel 10. The Spirit of God allowed Daniel to see some things and know some things. And um, in this 10th chapter, Daniel was fasting and praying for 21 days. And uh, down in verse, uh, let's see, about verse 10, a hand touched him and set him upon his knees in the palm of his hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for unto you am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling now. You have to do a little study to distinguish even between the word apostle and messenger and angel because they have similar meanings and sometimes it's the same word. An apostle is a sent one. Well, do you know what an angel is too? A sent one. They're sent on missions. And he said, I was sent to you. And verse 9 He said, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and chasten yourself before God, your words were heard, and I am come for your words. And so this was uh, 21 days, you know, over, uh, what's that, two and a half weeks or whatever, uh, three weeks, um, that he is fasting and praying and he's after something. And here we, we can see why many times answers are not gained is because folks just don't have time for it. They just, they're too busy. They got no time to seek God for 21 days to set aside everything and focus on him. But it wasn't that God was waiting to see uh, if, if Daniel was going to stay with it. The angel was dispatched day one. Come on, can you see that? But encountered resistance on his way from heaven to earth. He said, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. That's why I wasn't here 21 days ago, earlier, is because this is a... um, an evil spirit, a wicked spirit in a heavenly place that tried to keep him from getting through. But he couldn't do it. I said he couldn't do it. He said, Michael, one of the chief princes. So here, these are angelic beings. And they don't live in Arkansas (laughs) or Missouri are Florida. They don't even live on planet Earth. They are not Terran. Somebody says, reckon there's life out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
There's dimensions of existence in life you can't see with the naked eye. Oh yeah. We're the newbies. <laughs> we're, we're the ones that's lately come. <laughs> it's just how long human beings have been on planet earth. But don't you think we're not important to God? We are the apple of his eye. And uh, Michael, he said, came to help me. So he needed reinforcements to break through the resistance that he encountered. And I, I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, he's not talking about human beings. He encountered spiritual princes, spiritual rulers. And so, uh, skip on down to verse 20. He said... Do you know why I am come to you? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. So he had to fight coming in. And he's got to fight his way in and fight his way out. Well, that's exactly like battles are on the earth, right? I mean, if you punch through the enemy line, well, you've got to come back through it to get home. Is that right? These things are real. They're not imaginary. I'll return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I'm come for, gone forth, the prince of Greece shall come. Now, one of the big things that God showed Daniel was the rise and fall of the preeminent world kingdoms to come. From where he was all the way out to the end and the eternal kingdom of God. And so if you're interested, if you want to know what's going to happen, read the book. It's all in there. I didn't say you would understand it all, but it's, it's there. And, and you'll see, you'll understand some of it at least. And uh, he showed him the rise and fall. And here we see that the fall of the Persian kingdom and the rise of the Grecian kingdom coincided with the defeat of the spiritual prince of Persia. Can you see that? So he was removed. And then another one filled the void. And then the kingdom of Greece became preeminent. And then you see this down to the kingdom of Rome and, and, and on and on. So there is the, the spiritual activity behind the scenes. It's happening right now. And uh, this, this is also a, um, a revelation of understanding why people who come into a place of power and authority or in our country people who are elected to a place or especially if it's a, a place of substantial authority and power you'll find many times they change when they get in office and even people who you thought would not change and who people who themselves that's why so many times they wind up contradicting their own words and their own promises they shock themselves sometimes what to do because evil spirits are endeavoring to influence and control things through them. And the more control a human being has, then that's the more influence they have in the earth. That's the bigger prize they are to be controlled and influenced by wrong spirits. And so, you know, don't just criticize. Pray for people. I said pray for people. And if it's your city and your state and your country, you have some authority too. Come on, are you with me? 
the, the church needs to be binding some things. And if you bind it on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. If we bind the things that need to be bound here on earth, there'll also be a counterpart to that in the earth-heaven connection, a binding of things in heaven. He said, well, we read that. Go back to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians. Thank God for the light of his word. The truth. What will the truth do for you? It'll make you free from confusion, from ignorance, imagining wrong things, thinking wrong things. Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or trickeries of the devil. Now notice, it didn't just say the power of the devil, because he's been defeated. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? If the devil could, he'd have wiped out human beings a long time ago. Oh, man, he hates us. We're in his way. And he would absolutely wipe us out. He hasn't done it because he can't. He's doing his best every day, and he's accomplishing some bad things. Don't misunderstand me. But he ain't what he cracks himself up to be. He ain't even what he used to be. He used to have the power of death. We, we talked about last week, he lost his keys. Is that right? He lost his keys. And he ain't got over it yet. He, he won't get over it. It's only going to get worse for him. But in the time he has left, he's still doing the same old thing. Trying to rebel against God, defy God, inspire people to defiance and rebellion and evil and violence. And If you want to know what the earth looks like when the devil is really getting his way, you look at the time before the flood. The earth was filled with violence. That's what the enemy is trying to do right now. With us, with every country. I mean, if it was up to him, it'd be hard for you to make it out of church to your car without somebody killing you or hurting you. I mean, that he wants, we, we call it, you know, crime, but it's violence. And the devil is a killer. He is a murderer. He enjoys blood. He enjoys chaos and mayhem. He enjoys seeing people slaughtered by the millions. He, he enjoys it. He's a killer. He's a thief. I'm not going to shed one tear when he gets cast into the lake of fire. How about you? But for the time being, he and his cohorts are in ruling positions in the heavens. Keep reading here. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's not really our problem. So quit talking so much about politicians. Stop it. Quit talking so much about people. Because we've already talked about this. If the person you think is the biggest problem in the country, if they fell dead right now, or they were just removed for whatever reason, and they're no longer there, the enemy could have one worse than them in place by sundown. Flesh and blood 
is not your problem. It's what's behind them. And the, the, the most evil person around. You get them saved. You get them full of the spirit. They're your brother. Is that right? Saul, who later became Paul. Perfect example of that. Say that loud. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. Come on, say that loud. People is not our problem. What's the issue? Principalities. Powers. That word for powers is authorities. Principalities. That principalities is also translated beginning or first. And authorities and then rulers of the darkness of this world. And that's, that's the word, just like it's, it's translated, world ruler or world lord. And oh, these spirits like that title. Yeah, they, do. they like that. World ruler. Was it Cosmo Crater or something like that? We get the word cosmos from, it means world here. World ruler. And against wicked spirits. It's probably a better translation here. Wicked or evil spirits in the heavenlies. Are in heavenly places. Wherefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand and stand. Then he mentions the armor with your loins girt and the breastplate and your feet shod and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So, verse 18, you can do what? Pray. Oh, come on, can you see this? Praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Come on, can you see what the, what are you all dressed up for? I can pray. And when, when, when this is praying always, he, he adds the phrase with all prayer. This is the broad envelope. This is not just making requests. This is all kinds of praying. So what, what are you doing? Yes, you're making requests, but you're also binding. And you're also loosening. Come on, can you see this? And you're also making petitions. And you're also interceding. And you're also praising and worshiping and giving thanks. Come on, can you see this? And you're not letting any kind of condemnation make you think you can't pray and do it. Because it just bounces off the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you don't let any fiery dart pierce you and convince you that you can't do anything. It just bounces off the shield of faith. And you keep praying. You keep praying. Praying the prayer of faith. Releasing faith. Sending angels, binding evil spirits. Come on, can you see this? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Because the issues are in the Spirit. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's spiritual things. So then we're also got spiritual armor and we're praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody say praying always. With all prayer. prayer. And supplication. supplication. In the spirit. 
in the spirit. Whoo. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Now, one more thing before we close here. I wanted to bring out to you that um, the Lord said to Brother Hagin about this. For one thing, I mean, it's real interesting. Get, get his books and, and read about this if you want to. Just the one book, I believe in visions, has several of these in one place. Real easy, small book. That book, 45 years ago, changed my life. That book. And uh, it, it, what it did is it opened things in the Bible to me. Helped me to see and understand. And he said that he, he, the Lord appeared to him and talked to him for an hour and a half about the devil, demons, evil spirits, how they work, how they operate, about our authority over them. And uh, one of the things that he asked him, he said, Lord, where do demons go (laughs) when you cast them out of somebody? And he said, the Lord quoted him scripture, said, they walk through dry places seeking rest and they find none. And he said, Lord, why can't, he said, I, I heard other people say, I'm going to cast you into the abyss. Why can't we just cast them into the pit and banish them from earth forever? And he said, the Lord said, because the time for this hasn't come yet. He said, if it would have been possible to do that when I was on earth, I would have cast them all into the pit. <laughs> But you'll remember that on one occasion the demons cried out and says, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Are you come here to torment us before the time? See, it's not time. But the clock's ticking. You hear that, devil? Tick tock. Tick tock, devil. (laughs) He said, The time. Jesus said, told him, said, the time is coming when Satan and all his demons will be cast into the lake of fire where they will be forever. Thank God and good riddance. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about that? <laughs> now, one thing I, I want to bring out to you, like I said, in closing, he said the Lord told him that he brought him to this passage we just read in Ephesians and told him there were four categories or classifications of evil spirits. Principalities. Powers. And that word is authorities. Rulers of the darkness of this world are world lords. World rulers. And wicked or evil spirits in the heavenly, heavenly places. And so during that hour and a half, the Lord showed him and talked to him about these first three. Principalities, authorities, rulers of the darkness of this world. And so at the end of the vision, near the end of it, he, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, you've told me about only three categories of evil spirits. You told me about the rulers of the darkness of this world, the powers and the principalities. What about the wicked spirits in the heavenlies? He said, the Lord said, You take care of the ones on earth. I will take care of those in the heavenlies. Well, look at Daniel. Who was taking care of them? Wasn't human beings. It was mighty angels 
dispatched from heaven. Is that right? He said, uh, he, he told him, he said, the, the rulers of the darkness of this world are the highest type of evil spirit you'll have to deal with. And he said, you take care of the ones on earth, I'll take care of the ones, those in the heavenlies. Does that sound like our text? Whatever you bind. Does that sound like our text? Whatever you bind on earth, what? The Lord's going to take care of that. Shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Are there some things that need to be bound in the heavens? We're not talking about the heaven of heavens where God is, but there's two other heavens under that. And so obviously there's a whole lot to learn and know about that. But one reason we're not given a whole lot more detail is because we are not directly dealing with those. We're dealing with the ones here on the surface, on the planet. And, and whatever we bind on earth, then the counterpart of that will be bound in heaven. Hallelujah. Is there, is there a heaven and earth connection? Oh, there is. And there's going to continue to be, even though this heaven and earth is eventually going to pass away, there's going to be new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse, no devil. Hallelujah. Oh, praise. It's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so wonderful. And we're going to get to check out paradise. Paradise. Eden. Hallelujah. How many think you, you never saw a park like this one? <laughs> Woo. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.